welcome everybody to season two episode of Pitch. Um, it is Conference Championship Sunday today, January thirtieth. Um, for right now, it's just all should be joining within the next ten to fifteen minutes or so. Uh, Harrison, how you doing, man? Doing well. Uh, glad to be here for another uh, edition. Um, which you know, hopefully a call rolls in. But um, you know, excited for the two uh, big games we have today. And um, the the last week of last week of football was incredible. Um, and then there was a lot of um, off season news that took place this week, and I think it's all you know noteworthy to talk about. And yeah, just excited for today. Yeah, sure. we'll do uh, our best job of recapping it. So we're, we're going to talk about just some divisional round reactions. Obviously, like you said, one of the best weekends football we'll ever what we've ever seen, probably will ever will ever see, if not the best we we have or will ever see. Um, also we will make our predictions for both conference championship and Super Bowl. We're not going to do, um, any episode until after the Super Bowl. Um, so we're going to do the conference championship and Super Bowl. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the head coaching carousel today. Finally, we wanted to do it for the past two episodes. We kind of like rambled on about like wild card divisional round picks and stuff like that. Um, we want to talk about it today because some hires have started to be made. So we don't want to push it back any further, but, um, we won't, we won't go into too much detail on that, just kind of what, what it's looking like, making some predictions and creating some of the hires that have already been made. And like you said, hopefully a call can join us soon. But um, yeah, I- I'm excited that we're uh, doing a lot of these. This is our third episode in the last 15 days. I'm really, really happy with that. So we'll uh, keep the content rolling. Okay, so we will start with divisional round reactions. And I guess we'll just go in order of uh, the games that took place. Uh, we will start out with the Bengals and the Titans. Um, I mean, I thought that, well, I would like to say, first of all, that I was the only one of the trio to get picked the game, right? Just going to put that on mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah, uh, Harrison didn't exactly have a good week, went over four, but we'll skip over that. Um, I guess we can't, I guess I can't really talk cause I went one and three and so did the call. Not, not our yeah. best week, not our best week for sure. Not, our best. but an entertaining week to, to be sure. And, uh, to be honest with you. I didn't place money on it, so I, w- I wasn't super unhappy about um, going one and three. But um, Bengals Titans was really exciting to watch. I wasn't able to watch all of it, but what I was able to watch was really entertaining. I think that what I said, and I'm not trying to like toot my own horn or anything, but literally what I said was true. I said I think Derrick Henry will certainly have a somewhat impact on this game, but not as big of an impact as some people think. I, I remember saying this, like, I don't know if this is a direct quote, but I remember saying, I think he's going to get around 20 carries. And I, I don't remember exactly the amount of yards I said, but I didn't see it being a lot. And that's exactly what happened. I think he had 20 carries on the dot for like 62 yards, or something like that. Definitely not a terrible game, but not, not his best. Um, Ryan Tannehill, he continues to confuse me because I want to believe he's good and some stats back up that say he's good. And it, and like his record without Henry seems to suggest that, like, you know, sometimes maybe he doesn't need Derek Henry, the best running back in the league, or maybe sometimes he does. Um, but, yeah, not his best game. And he continues to baffle me with how good he truly is. Um, but, I mean, credit to the Titans for a very good season. They went 11-5 and with a ton of injuries. Um, I think going into that week, I would have had Mike Rabel as my coach of the year. I now think it will be Zach Taylor. 
just because of how like incredible of a turnaround the Bengals have had and where they're sitting right now. And uh, yeah, the, the Bengals on the other side of the ball, they played an amazing game. They um, dialed up the pressure on Tannehill. Uh, that uh, defensive play call they had where Mike Hilton uh, got that uh, pick when the Titans were driving, that was really impressive um, design and disguise, I noticed. Um, and yeah, I, I think that they... I mean, to say the least, are a super entertaining team to watch. I mean, Joe Burrow, Joe Shiesty, Joe, Joe Burr. I mean, <laughs> I had my I had my doubts about whether he was a top five quarterback. I don't, as of right now, at least, I don't, I don't uh, have any doubts about that anymore. I saw two PFF stats that said he ranks both first in um, passes completed over ten yards downfield, and he ranks first in accuracy. Um, I forget what what like specific accuracy stat it was, but it was an accuracy stat. So he's playing some of his best football against some very good teams. Um, and I will just say that I will once again. I'm not going to be surprised what happens this week. I think that the Bengals have proven that they don't care about the odds, and they're willing they they're willing to go play wherever and play their best football. And their best football, in my opinion, is Super Bowl winning football. I'm not going to say that they will win the Super Bowl, but I think that they have the potential to. And I think that it really just depends on how their opponent plays. Because if they play their best football, they will win the game. Like, there are loads of teams out there who can play their best football and they will not even come close to winning. Like, this team is a serious competitor and it's really fun to watch them watch them play. Um, and uh, Evan Money Mac McPherson, he is so talented. I, I don't know, Harrison, if you saw the quote about um, how – before he had to go out and make the game-winning field goal, he walked up to Joe Burrow, and he was kind of like, well, looks like we're going to the AFC Championship game. And then he went out and nailed, I think it was like a 52-yard bomb to send them there. That's the kind of yeah. comp I want. And, I mean, people bashed him for taking a kicker last year, but in my opinion, he's one of the best kickers in the league currently. So, Definitely. the Bengals there, they had what at first was considered to be an iffy draft. has turned into a very good draft. Their free agency period was amazing. And now they're staying in the AFC championship game. And it just proves how quick of a turnout, a turnaround a team can have. Um, otherwise I think I've spoken more than enough. Good game. Your thoughts. Um, so yeah, that, uh, that was a lot. Um, but I think you're right in everything you said. Um, the Titans, they just, it seemed like they could never get it going offensively. Like they, Started out a little slow, and then I, when I was watching some of the third quarter, I saw that dime by Ryan Tannehill to uh, A.J. Brown, and then we saw mediocre, bad Ryan Tannehill for the rest of the game, and he threw three picks. Like, he lost this game for the Titans. I mean, I mean Derrick Henry coming out here and, and playing is, is commendable, but I mean, he didn't do that much to help, but at the end of the day, it's got to be the QB play that gets it done. Um, and he just simply did not bring his best. Um, I mean, yeah, the Titans, the, their defense did everything that they could. I, they, I think they had something like eight sacks on. I don't know what the number was. Nine. It was nine, yeah. yeah. Jeffrey Simmons, three sacks. I think Dupree got in there. Landry. Um, they, I mean, they, they got to, ben, they got to uh, Burrow, but the Bengals still got it done. And that just kind of proves um, how – how good, how much of a contender the Bengals really are this year. Um, I, I just think the, the Titans really just threw it away this game. Um, I think the Bengals are the better team, but the Titans, you know, Ryan Tannehill lost them this game. And um, it's, it's it's just sad to see because they had a really, a really good year um, for with what they were dealing with. 
Um, and like, I think Vrabel should have been coach of the year, but I think now it's leaning towards Zach Taylor, or maybe somebody else. But um, yeah, I think the Titans kind of threw this game away. Um, the Bengals are looking really good, and I'm really looking forward to this uh, matchup with the Chiefs. Yeah, indeed. I, I liked what you said. I mean, I think that, yeah, they were. I saw I saw that on Twitter. Um, the Bengals were the first team to allow nine sacks in a game. Yeah. game. Like, that is insane. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they – I saw Matt Miller tweeted about how um, the Bengals – here are the Beng- – here's the Bengals' list of needs just offseason. One, interior offensive line, and then that was the tweet. Yeah. And I totally agree with that. That, that yeah. interior offensive line has been a revolving door for the entire season – I think that you need to find more consistency there because even though the tackles aren't exactly the most talented, they are consistent mm-hmm. job done while the interior offensive line is not. And I know that there are like some, like some growing pains there. Like Jackson Carmen, he was a tackle at Clemson. He's being asked to play guard now. Um, he's been like in and out, but I do think that they have to address that somewhat because if they do, I really don't see another weakness on that roster. Mm-hmm. Titans. I do think I do. Like you said, I believe in them going forward. Um, I do think they need a, like some beefed up O line play. I, it's not they're not O line's not terrible, but it definitely was not at their best um, on Saturday, and definitely some secondary work because, like you said, that that front seven at eight and that front seven is very very talented, um, mm-hmm. one of the best defensive lines in all of football, definitely. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I think that uh, the Titans will be fine going forward. They just need to. They need to see – I think that they can single out that game as a reason for what they need to improve upon. You can look at any yeah. game and, and try and decide that, but, like, that was like, dude, our defensive line, front seven, they got nine sacks and we still lost the game. If that doesn't tell you something about your secondary, I don't know what will. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so. It's unfortunate, unfortunate that it had to end like this for them, but, I mean, they definitely have some positives going forward. Um, oh, yeah, 100%. I, I, I don't really want to get into Tannehill's job security, but I mean, they, Henry will be back next year, healthy. Um, I think they found a really good compliment in Foreman. Yeah. Assuming he stays. Um, then, you know, they, they've got, he's got some weapons and I think the defense just need to bolster the secondary a bit and they should be, you know, right back where they were this year, a contender. I agree with you. And I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hate on Ryan Tannehill too much. I agree with you that he lost this game, but, his really only only problem is inconsistency because he's shown that he can be a good quarterback when called upon. It just can he be a co- good quarterback all the time? We don't know that, and that's a problem. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, moving on to the second game of Saturday last week. Um, the 49ers stunned the Packers in Lambeau on Saturday night. Um, I guess we can say that none of us saw it, saw it coming except for our very good friend to call. Um, yep. I will say I do think that he was just trying to be bold. I don't know if he really saw that coming, but it was a very good prediction. Um, and now the Aaron Rodgers hypothesis, like hypotheses, conspiracy, conspiracies begin. Where is he going to go? What's going to happen? And I'm going to start off by saying that I think the Packers screwed up royally. Um, mm-hmm. They, and I'm not going to completely like shun Rodgers from any blame. Rodgers has definitely not been his best at some points throughout his Packers tenure, but he had them competing every single year. And you look at just some of the unfortunate things that have happened that have prevented him from winning some of this. Now, he did not have his best game. He played an average game of football on Saturday night. But when your defense 
is like doing like like doing well all game. The opposing offense is not is not doing much of anything. When they give up a what was it like a ten yard run on third and seven with forty seconds left, like that's mm-hmm. pathetic. that that that's pathetic. Like I understand how good of a player Debo Samuel is and how versatile he is, but like giving up that many yards in such a clutch situation, you have you have to be good in the clutch in order to win playoff games. And the Packers defense wasn't. Aaron Rodgers played an average game of football, um, and the Packers they're they're screwed. I'm I'm not going to hold back. They are screwed. They are. I think what? How much over the cap are they? Like twenty some million over the cap. They're, Aaron they're just financially done. Bonte Adams is a free agent, and like we like we we were talking about this at lunch the other day. Like you can restructure deals if you want, but that's just going to create more hell for you in the future. If I'm the mm-hmm. Packers right now, I'm blowing it up. Like I I don't care. You have to you have to do whatever it takes to have like a somewhat stable. You just lost your offensive coordinator to the Broncos. You lost your quarterback coach. You're probably going to lose the most talented quarterback of all time. You're probably going to lose the best wide receiver in the league. You you need to do whatever it takes to make sure that your future is not going to be completely ruined. And to lose that game in Lambeau, one of the hardest places to play in at any time, especially in January, uh, to a team that really did not have a good offensive game is is pretty pathetic. Um Blame goes all around. More blame on uh, some than others, but pretty pathetic effort by the Packers. On the other side, the 49ers, like I said, their offense didn't play amazing. They did what they had to do, but their defense was astounding. Like, the Packers scored on that opening drive, and they did not score a single other touchdown for the rest of the game. And I don't think they scored – I think they might have gotten their field goal on, like, their second or third drive. So they had, like, six or seven drives to end the game where they scored zero points. That is very, very, very impressive. Defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans, that's his first year in charge of that defense, but he has shown that he is a very good coach, and, he, and that's why he's getting head coaching interviews. Um, as for this 49ers team going forward, I think it all rides on Jimmy G. I think that he played a very bad game on Saturday and got bailed out by the fact that their defense did incredibly, and that he has one of the best playmakers in the league in Debo Samuel and George Kittle, of course. Um, But they, one thing I will say about them, which I think really, really helps them is they are insanely well coached. You have that trio of Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniel, D'Amico Ryans, one of the best coaches in the league right now and two assistants who might become head coaches uh, in this next cycle. So we'll see what happens today, but they've they've beaten the Rams every time since 2018. There's no reason to, to believe they can't do it again. And the turnaround they had from last year with all their injuries was very remarkable. Yeah, this game did not go as anybody expected it to go. Um, but, I mean, if you look at the history, this is what the Packers do. They they have an incredible regular season, and then when they get to the playoffs, they just they just fold. Um, and that's that's what they did. And I think – I think some of the blame falls on Rodgers. You know, he's he's definitely one of the most talented, if not yet yeah, the most talented QB we've ever seen. But at the end of the day, like, he did not play well enough to win. And, I mean, you can blame the conditions all you want, but at the end of the day, the team, he just did not get enough done on offense. I mean, the defense stepped up enough to, uh, you know, have a win, but obviously that didn't happen. Um but I think the, the, the game-changing like factor of the game that we're not talking about enough is the, the special teams component of it for the Niners. Um, they had that blocked punt, I think, um, scored for a TD. Wasn't, didn't they have a blocked punt? They did, and that, that's a good yeah. 
fully didn't mention. Yeah. Really? yeah, um that was that was huge um for them because they their offense was generating just nothing. Um Debo had a few Debo by no means was like as good as he was last week, but um I think that kind of shows like the the Niners like gives them a lot of promise for this week. Um, and how their offense did not play a good game at all. Jimmy G had like like ten completions for like a hundred yards and in, in an interception. Um, Debo didn't have his best game, but they still found a way to win. Um, that just shows like how how well coached they are, and um, their special teams made the made the necessary plays um, at Lambeau. Um, and their their defense played really well with Bosa, Armstead, you know, all those guys uh, stepping up when needed. Um, and with the Packers, yeah, they have a lot to figure out headed into the offseason. I really, truly believe that this was, like, the year that uh, Rodgers would get, you know, the Super Bowl um, that he hasn't gotten in a while. Um, but they they folded once again. Um, and it's just really, really frustrating, I bet, if you're a Packers fan right now because they're financially um, pretty screwed coming up this offseason. And um, they could be saying goodbye to one of the best QB wide receiver duos we've ever seen. Um, and it's, it's sad that they, they squandered what I think are a lot of like Super Bowl uh, teams and they just never got it done. Um, but with the Niners, they, you know, they, they continue to find a way to win Kyle Shanahan. I don't know how he gets it done with uh, Jimmy G, but this, this team is, this team wanted it more and it, it showed. Yeah, I agree with everything you had to say. I, I too thought this was going to be the year that, Rogers got his second ring, and it's a shame to see that it didn't happen. Um, and your point about the special teams is entirely correct. I don't know how that, that escaped my mind. Like, we, it just sheds a light on how important all three phases of football are. Special mm-hmm. teams not talked about enough. Like the Packers, not only did they have that blunder in the blocked punt, they let the uh, they let the Forty ers block a field goal in the game, which would have tied it. Yeah, or or not, or not tie it. Um. Take take the lead, and then who who knows what happened after that? Maybe Robbie Gold ties mm-hmm. it to go to overtime. Yeah, um, and then they had another. Um, I'm forgetting what the other mistake they had was. I mean, you could just talk about oh, Robbie Gold going was, in there and kicking in the snow, and just just nailing it. Robbie I mean, that's Gold amazing. does not care, bro. Like if you watch the um, the he doesn't pre- care. If you watch the pregame of the 49ers Cowboys game, the Cowboys cheerleaders were out doing their routine. He was right in the middle of them kicking field goals, and he did the same thing at Lambeau with like I don't know if it was like the like. Packers warm-ups or marching band, I forget what it was, but like he doesn't care, he's clutch. And the other yeah. mistake that I was gonna mention was on that Robbie Gold game winning field goal, the Packers had 10 men on the field. That's pathetic. That's just absolutely pathetic. So yeah, congrats to the 49ers. They really earned that win. Um, and I'm excited to see what they can do today. Yep. Sure. Uh we move on to the uh Sunday batch of games. The first one was the Rams and the Bucks. Um, I started out the first two, so why don't you go ahead and uh, start these next two out for us? Um, so so this game, I caught, like, the tail end of it. I was kind of just just monitoring, like, the score throughout. But um, definitely did not go how I thought it would. I thought Brady would, you know, show up like he always does in January and get it done. Um, but they, they looked awful to start out. Um, and then the fourth quarter rolls around, second half, and, and, and all of a sudden this game is is a game. And I'm like, oh, my God, here we go again. Tom Brady trying to get another berth, at the uh, another shot at the um, NFC Championship onto another, like, 30th Super Bowl or whatever. Um, but that didn't happen. The Rams stepped up. Matthew Stafford actually um, 
actually showed up in the postseason and um, delivered a just a, a dime to Cooper Cup. Um, set up a field goal. Mackey ran out there and and knocked it down. Um, so yeah, I think this proved a lot about the Rams um, and the kind of like the misconceptions we had about them going into the game. Um, nobody really believed that they could be on this stage right now. I mean, with the talent, yeah, but we just didn't think Stafford had it in him. Um, but they they proved everybody wrong. Went into the the reigning champs's um, stadium and, and got it done. Um, the Buccaneers. I I, I don't even. I, we probably shouldn't even go into the Tom Brady retirement saga, but um, this is certainly not the way they wanted the season to end. Um, they had a lot of injuries, but they for sure had a team that was capable of making another crack at the Super Bowl for sure. Um, but just proved that the Rams wanted it more. And um, yeah, so those are my thoughts. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I watched most of this game and I will start off by saying that I was very impressed with how the Rams played. Like I mentioned on last week's podcast, I had my reservations about the Rams against good teams because as we saw in the regular season, I think that they had like one win over teams against against teams over 500. So I had some real cause for concern there, especially against a team led by Brady. But once again, we're showing that the playoffs are a completely different animal. And if you bring your A game, any team can win it. There's, there's nothing that the past does not matter. You, you just have to go in there and perform your best and, that's, I think that's what the Rams did. They played a really, really, really good game of football. And like you said, the Bucks were dealing with injuries, and they started out slow. We almost saw an amazing, another amazing comeback from Tom Brady. Wasn't meant to be because I don't know why the Buccaneers decided that it was a good idea to put a safety one-on-one with Cooper Cup. Um, yeah. But at the same time, um, they did play a good game of football, and – I we, we definitely aren't going to talk about too much about the whole Tom Brady retirement saga yesterday. Um, for those who, if you live under a rock, um, it was reported by Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington of ESPN that Brady was retiring, and then you had a bunch of media outlets talking about it. Oh, the goat, the goats, the goats done. Like congrats on a great career, but then Buccaneers ten best plays of all time. Like yep. he's retiring, and then Buccaneers team yeah. Jason Light, I think is how you say his name. Coach Bruce Arians, the uh, official TB12 sports account, all said, like, or like deleted their tweets, or the TB12 account deleted their tweets. Uh, Light Arians and Tom Brady's dad said he has not made his uh, made up his mind yet. And, well, we'll have to see. It's, it's If he does, amazing career, and we'll definitely talk about that more. It's so much more to say, but we can't talk about it right now. Um, and another, another unfortunate example of Adam Schefter with some unprofessional journalism which is a shame. oh adam adam oh man um but that, that's topic for another time talk about this game brady played a good game had i almost had a great comeback and i'm, I'm not at all gonna blame the loss on him uh the team overall played very well but the defense lost them that game on that on that last play to cooper cup and who would have thought that matt gay cut from the buccaneers Goes yeah. out there and nails nails uh the game winning field goal and his former team home Dude, and potentially comes to retirement these kickers, man, they're 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 badasses. Yeah, they're that's, just, and that's they're, another they're confident. Thing. That's another thing we haven't talked about. Three out of the first four games won on game-winning field goals. Like that's that's prime mm-hmm. playoff football right there. And then of course the fourth game, which we'll get to in a second, won on a game-winning touchdown. Just a lot of exciting ball around, and it's really good to see the kicker position getting a lot of love there. Um, in terms of the Rams going forward, I believe that they are certainly capable of beating good teams if they can beat the Bucks 
in Tampa, but they have not beaten the 49ers since 2018. Uh, Shanahan seems to have McVay's number. So Mm -hmm. we will see about what, what happens, but you know, once again, it's the NFC West, one of the best divisions in football. So really, really like anything can happen. And I'm really looking forward to it in terms of the bucks future. We'll see about the Tom Brady retirement thing, but even with that, they are starting to look like a little bit of trouble. Their, their contending window is starting to close. Um, I don't think Bruce Arians is the best coach anymore. They are low on cap space. They have Chris Godwin, who is a pending free agent. Um, I think they have a couple other guys who are pending for agents as well that I'm not remembering currently, but um, we'll have to see. And that that's something that will uh, that will happen in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, the best game of the weekend, and personally, the best and most exciting game of football I have ever watched: the Bills versus the Chiefs. What are your thoughts? Yeah, right there with you. I, this was the the greatest NFL game I've ever seen in my life. I think. Um, in the postseason, uh, obviously Steelers Cardinals ranks up there, but I literally um, knew you're gonna. Oh my god! <laughs> um, also, also, um, like as far as far as regular season, the uh, Chiefs Rams game was similar oh, to yeah. this kind of, and how it was back and forth. But oh, I, I think you. this that was that this was the tops best it. I've watched until today. Yeah. Or until yeah. last last weekend. I agree. Yeah, but this this definitely topped it. Um, with with so much on the line, um, especially last year with with the Bills coming up short, um. Came up short again, but boy, did they fight. Um, Josh Allen, I mean, the, he just – he went off. Gabe Davis did – all of a sudden turned into Stephon Diggs, and then Stephon Diggs turned into Gabe Davis. Um, no Gabe but, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, Josh Allen did literally everything he could, but um, his defense just could not um, manage Mahomes. Um, it just proved how, how great Mahomes was in this Chiefs juggernaut of an offense. Um I, I feel awful, awful for the Bills just the, because their their franchise, their fans are so loyal, um, and it just sucks to come up this this short once again. But I know that they'll be back, and I know that like last year, this a lot that loss added a lot of fuel to the fire, um, and they came out swinging this year. Came up short again, but they're just going to be even more motivated coming back next year. Um, Josh Allen solidified his 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 spot is a top QB in this league for sure. Um, and I think Mahomes solidified his spot as like the best QB. Um, I mean, you could, you could make an argument for Allen, but Mahomes got it done once again. Um, and I, I was pulling for the bills because of last year, but this chiefs team, you just have to admire what Andy Reid has done with this offense and the amount of talent and weapons that they, they have um, on any given night. Um, but this game was, you know, lost by the Bills because of their poor defense. I mean, you had 13 seconds left, and Mahomes just marches down the field like it's no big deal, um, and kicks the kicks the game winning or not the game winning game tying um, field goal to uh, send it to OT. So I think the Bills defense lost this, but I mean, it's Mahomes, so he could literally do that against anybody, especially a Bills defense that had been really great all year. Um, but obviously, I feel sorry for the Bills, but um, the Chiefs, their dynasty, their dominance in the past three or four years just keeps keeps going. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with everything you've said. Uh, just a, a truly, truly fun and exciting game of football to watch. Like, even if you're not an NFL fan, I, th- I think you just got to, like, admire, like, how great of a game that was. And, and like you said, props to both teams. 
to both teams. They're both prime examples of how great you can be with some good team building. Um, they're both prime examples of that. If you look at the look at the Chiefs, like you can say, like, oh, they have all these all stars, but like they drafted and developed all these all stars. And the same with the Bills. Like Josh Allen was a very shaky quarterback, but then what happens? You 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 can you can pin a number of different reasons on it, but at the end of the day, he's now a top three quarterback. They have a very good, very very good defense. Um, one of the youngest, um, I think, one of the youngest GMs in the league, and being. Um, Maybe not anymore with the, some of the hires recently, but they've, they, they, the both teams have done an excellent job. They are further proof of um, just how good you can get in a relatively short period of time. The Chiefs have been good for a while, but they've never been this good. And the Bills went from one of the most laughable teams in the league in, uh, I believe it was 2019, to offensive or not. Yeah, powerhouse. Absolutely. Um, like you said, props to Josh Allen. Uh, he has solidified his spot. Um, in the top three quarterback conversation, in my opinion, um, they're off. I mean, their whole coaching staff is, is a very impressive staff. Uh, obviously, you just saw Brian Dabble leave for the uh, Giants head coaching job. But Leslie Frazier is still there. And although the Bills defense was definitely not at their best and they definitely should not have let that uh, 13 second blunder happen, um, they are still very talented and overall did not play a terrible game. It's hard to it's hard to stop or even try to contain uh, the Chiefs. Um, and it, it also raises the issue of the whole overtime question. Like, should the NFL mm-hmm. change their overtime rules? And I, I believe they should, but you can't blame it entirely on that because like you said, 13 seconds, I don't know where they started with the ball, but the 20 or 25 yard line. And they did it in two plays. Now the offensive execution and design was beautiful in both plays. And they had three timeouts to utilize, but that's part of the game. And the bill should have taken that into account. And you can't you can't let that happen. Like I wa I, I heard like a little mic'd up or watched like a little mic'd up clip of Mahomes and Kelsey and the chemistry of those two guys is just uh, those two guys have is just insanely impressive. Like on the play to Tyreek Hill where like Kelsey was blocking, he's like, Hey, the way they're playing right now, I'm gonna be open on the seam. And he's like, All right, I got you, I'll look for it. And right before this right before that snap where he throws it to Kelsey, Mahomes goes, Do it, Kelsey, do it, do it. And he just runs it, they get it, and uh Kelsey does what he does best and he gets yards after the catch. Um, to set up Harrison Bucker for that game-winning field goal. Um, both teams insanely fun to watch. Both teams are going to be great going forward. Um, and I think that that Chiefs win just proves... Um, They're the team to beat. They are the team to beat. They are 100% are. And it just makes me laugh about how some NFL fans back in, like, I think it was, like, weeks, like, three through, like, seven were saying, oh, uh, Mahomes, is, Mahomes has gotten figured out. The Chiefs are done. And then... What happens now? Like yep. they the the Bills beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead and in that little in that stretch by seventeen points and what what happens come playoff time? Chiefs win in overtime. Um, yeah, I think we've said all that all that needs to be said there. Insanely exciting game of football. Uh, really looking forward to uh, this coming weekend and also next season. Watch the Bills. Um, mm-hmm. the, both both fan bases are incredibly passionate fan bases and awesome fan bases. Bills Mafia. I I love to consider. Uh, you guys, my favorite fan base outside of my own. Um, I agree. And the, to see the stuff that they do for like opposing teams and even their own teams, mm-hmm. uh, it's really awesome to watch. And the Chiefs fan base actually is really good too because after yeah. that amazing win, I saw that they donated like fifteen thousand dollars in total. Oh, to one of Josh Allen's like favorite like um like projects. So uh, really, really good showing there. Mm-hmm. 
So moving on to uh, today's conference championship games, and we'll make our Super Bowl predictions. Uh, we will start with Bengals versus Chiefs. Um, I got the Chiefs. Uh, like we both just said, they are. All right. So for whatever reason, our uh, recording just like cut out out of nowhere. Uh, so we are back now. Um, like I was saying before, cut out. I think that the Chiefs are the team to beat, just as you said. Um, now it's it's going to be a close game. We have we have seen and like we talked about how like competitive uh, of a team this Bengals team is. We've seen how clutch Joe Burrow is in these clutch moments, um, and I do think that they will make this a game. And they've shown that they can beat the Chiefs as they did in Week 17. But that was in Cincinnati. This is an arrowhead. This is in the playoffs. This is the Chiefs' fourth straight AFC championship game. And they've just recently turned it into a whole other whole other notch. Um, and like I just mentioned like a few minutes ago, um, we saw the Bills march into Arrowhead early in the season and blow out the Chiefs 37 to 20. That's the same it's not even I wouldn't say the same thing. The Chiefs played a lot, like they were playing their a, a lot better football. They were in their better stretch against the Bengals. That wasn't Cincinnati, though. And I do think that home field is going to be a major, a major plus uh, for Kansas City. Um, and they've just shown that they can constantly deliver uh, in the playoffs, no matter who they play and where they play. So I have the Chiefs in a close one. Um, I think the spread for the game is Bengals uh, plus seven and a half. And I don't I think that's a little bit too much. I think that it will be like a, a field goal uh, that is the deciding factor. So I would uh, hammer that. Bengals plus seven and a half, but um, yeah, I do think the uh, I do think the Chiefs will win. Yeah, I, I'm with the Chiefs on this one. I mean, it's I'm just looking at it right now. Like, I cannot believe the Bengals are in the AFC Championship. I mean, it just it's amazing to see. I I, I give credit to the Bengals. Like, they're definitely a different team, but um, this is the Chiefs' stage. I think the Bengals. You know what? They won't say it, but nobody expecting them to be here. Um, the fact that they made it this far is, is commendable and, and noteworthy in itself. But I think the Chiefs, this is just another uh, step on their journey. And this is a game that they're going to go out there and they're going to take care of business. Um, like you mentioned, I think having having this game in Arrowhead does wonders for them. It's going to be a completely different atmosphere than how it was a month ago when, when they met in uh, Cincy. Um, but yeah, I think I think the Bengals are just going to go out and just just play, just play the way they've continued to play. Um, they're they recognize that uh, while they won't say it, they they are the underdogs in this game. Um, so they really don't have a lot to lose. Um, the fact that they made it this far, like I said, is commendable. Um, but this is the Chiefs' stage. Um, they're going to make it. What is it? Three straight uh, Super Bowl appearances or four? Yeah, no, three. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm taking the Chiefs here. Um, Pat Mahomes is is insane. I mean, he's he's invincible. I don't know if that's the right word, but um, I think I think last week was the hardest team that they're going to face um, moving forward. I, I think the Bills are a better team than the Bengals. But um, yeah, I, th- I like the Chiefs here for sure. Either way, I think it's going to be a very good, very good yeah. game, as as I'm sure you do as well. Um, Bengals, just another classic example. Um, 
of how quick you can turn it around if you uh, draft well and spend some good money in free agency, as they did. They had one of the most impressive free agent periods. Um, they got their guy in Joe Burrow. They've developed him well, but I mean, also he's just mm-hmm. kind of teaches the bad SMF. Um, he, <laughs> yeah, I love Joe Burrow. Yeah, me too. He, he's he's a fan favorite, no doubt. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting to watch, and I I will just say that I will be cheering for the Bengals because I want to see another team represent the AFC, but I don't have a personal vendetta against the Chiefs, so I'm not going to be like super mad to see them see them win and back in the Super Bowl, and I do think that will happen, but who day for today? Um, second second conference championship game uh, on the NFC side, uh, the Rams versus the 49ers. Um, I'm taking the Niners. I think that it's going to, this is going to be a, like, th- this is a, a much harder game to predict. Because like we said earlier, the Rams have shown us that they can definitely beat good teams, which we had a doubt about going to the playoffs, but they can definitely beat good teams. But as we also mentioned earlier, they have not beat this 49ers team in either stadium in the past three years, not since 2018. And it will be in SoFi, the home of the Super Bowl. It will be in SoFi. But based on what I've heard, like just like, uh, online news reports, it's going to be like 70% Niners fans. I think this is going to be a Niner home game. Um, and it, that, that's going to be, that's going to be a big part of it. Um, because I, I don't see like the Rams ever having like huge fan base, just first of all. And like, that was the, that was the same way it was in week 18 when the uh, 49ers to playoff berth. So we will see exactly how, like how big an effect that will have um like i like, like i it's i don't want to try and like not take either side but it's hard to do in both these games because all these teams are good and like literally i mean we always say any given sunday like really any team can win but like really any team can win today any team the, these yeah, these teams are all capable of going out there and performing incredibly well but I'm not going to try and be different and just pick the Rams just because I, you know, I was like, want to, I want to like say that they're going to be like, I don't even know what to say. Like, I, I don't want to be the one to say, oh, this is going to be the time they're going to do it. And like probably the biggest game that they've played in uh, since uh, their Super Bowl run a couple of years ago. Um, I, I have my doubts and those doubts are enough for me to pick San Francisco here. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, this game is so hard to hard to pick, like you said. Um, the Niners have had the Rams number over these past few years. Um, but I'm going to be different. I'm going to be different. I'm simply built different. Um, I, I think... <laughs> I think the Rams. I think the Rams are going to find a way to win this game. Um, I just think it's really hard to beat a team like the Rams three times in a given season. Um, and this one's at home for the Rams. I, I know the Niners have a better fan base, but I mean the Rams are definitely more comfortable playing at home. But uh, this game could go either way. But I, I like the Rams here. Um, I'm I'm really pulling for Matt Stafford to finally get a Super Bowl um, opportunity. Um, He's had a really good career, and I think he deserves it. Um, especially Cooper Cup. You know, they get they got a lot of really great, really great players um, on that team. Um, but wouldn't be surprised if uh, Jimmy G, Debo Samuel, and the and the gang uh, marches into SoFi and uh, gets it done 
um, because they've they've certainly had the Rams number. Um, but it wouldn't be yeah wouldn't be surprised if it's, I mean this is going to be a great game. Yeah, definitely going to be a great game. I agree, and I I too am really pulling for Stafford. I want to see him make a Super Bowl so bad. I mean, yeah, he's going to have his opportunities. I don't think he's going to retire anytime soon. But yeah, I don't Rams team's insanely talented. They're not going to have all this talent um, forever. Um, and this is going to be like the one time where like I'm in in both games I'm cheering for the team that I'm p- predicting to lose, which is kind of crazy. It d- definitely goes against the calls theory of like all or none. Um, but. I that's mm-hmm. kind of the way that I'm feeling right now, and I totally agree with you. I will not be one bit surprised that the Rams can can win this game. Last week on our podcast, or, or last uh, before um, before the divisional games, I said I had a hot take, and I changed the course of the podcast. That original hot take was that the Rams were going to beat the Buccaneers, and I really mm-hmm. wish I'd stuck with it. I really wish I did. Um, yeah. So I do believe that they can get this done. I, I believe in them. But the way that history has gone down these past couple seasons, I I I don't feel comfortable doing it. And quite simply, if I'm you, you have to take risks, obviously, in some of this stuff. But it's better to play it safe. And I think the safer choice is the Niners. But is the super safe choice? No, it isn't. Because Jimmy G is going to have to go out there and play one hell of a game. The Packers mm-hmm. defense is solid, but they're not on the same level as the Rams defense. That defense is yeah. insanely talented. The emergence of Von Miller in the past couple of weeks has been huge for them. Obviously, we know Aaron Donald is arguably the second best defensive player of all time. Jalen Ramsey is the best corner in the league. They're going to have to really, really find a way to mix up their offensive play calling and find a weakness in that Rams defense, which is going to be hard to do. Yeah, I mean, if you match up the teams, it's I think the Rams definitely have the edge, but it's it's gonna it's playoff football. I mean, none of that none of that really matters. It's going to be who wants it more. Um, and it's definitely been the Niners over this over these past few years, but I mean, you never know. Shanahan and McVay have both been on the on this stage before. Both of them have been to the Super Bowl recently, and um, it's going to be it's going to be one hell of a fight, I think. One hundred percent. So based on that, my Super Bowl would be Chiefs Niners, and your Super Bowl would be Chiefs Rams. Um, and because we don't know the outcomes of today's game, we're not going to go too much into detail about like what our picks would be, but we're just going to say our picks. And if I have the Chiefs and Niners, I'm going with the Chiefs. Um, like, yeah. like we said now three times, they're the team to beat. There's not much more that needs to be said. Yeah, I'm I'm going with the Chiefs. They're they're the team to beat for sure. Um, yeah, Pat Mahomes is just insane. I mean, that dude is just crazy. Even if the even if the Rams get to play in their home stadium, I like we said, I don't think it's going to have as big of a, of an effect as like say the, say the Bills say the Bills got to play the Super Bowl at New Era in Buffalo. That would have a tremendous effect. But yeah, for it's, sure. It's play. It's 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 football in L.A. They have some passionate fans out there, but not a ton. So. I don't think it's going to be uh, a huge point of emphasis. All right. So moving on to our final segment of the day, uh, we're just going to quickly talk about the uh, head coaching and the GM carousel a little bit. Um, this is something that we've wanted to talk about for the last couple of weeks, but we just kind of went too much into detail on wild card games and divisional round games. Um, and over that course, not too many hires have been made, but a couple hires have been made across the different uh, head coaching and GM spots that have opened up and more have opened up. So I'm kind of glad that we have not talked about it quite yet. 
Um, so we will start with the Minnesota Vikings. They fired their longtime head coach, Mike Zimmer, and longtime GM, Rick Spielman. Um, and they have yet to hire a head coach, but they just recently hired uh, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. But he was the Browns vice president of football operations uh, prior to getting this role. Um, and according to Seth Walder of ESPN Stats and Information, he is the first uh, person to be hired in the NFL GM role who came up through an analytics analytics role. Like I think most GMs are most GMs are most um, guys in, in the front office are like in tune with analytics, but this is the first guy to like rise through analytics to a role. So that that's that's impressive to see. Um, he's gonna he's gonna uh, get the. Browns to, uh, to uh, third round picks in the next couple of years because he is a minority and it's very impressive to see. Um, I watched part of his press conference. It was impressive to see like his story and where he came from. Um, so I actually, I actually like that hire. My original prediction was Ryan Poles, the Chiefs director of player personnel, but um, he actually got hired by the Bears, who we will talk about next. Um, and I overall, I, overall, I like the hiring of Quesadolfo Mensa. He seems like a young guy, and I'm happy that I was able to pick the two guys who ended up getting hired. Um, we have yet to see him in action. So right now I'd probably just give it like a B, a B hiring only cause I'm not sure about what's going to happen, but I do have optimism for the Vikings going forward. And, um, as for their head coach, although he has not interviewed yet, I think it's probably because of what the chiefs are doing in the playoffs. I think they will hire Eric B the chiefs offensive coordinator because they need an offensive minded coach in Minnesota and Eric B more than deserves a, uh, a head coach role. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I, your your analysis of this is is far better than mine. But um, I was doing some reading up, um, and I while I don't really think this is going to happen, um, I think I mean it is possible that like Jim Harbaugh um, mm. comes into play here because um, he worked he worked at in San Fran while he was coaching with um, the the guy who's hired by uh, what's his name Queffy or whatever. Um, so I mean maybe maybe he tries to pull some strings there and gets Harbaugh, but I, I think Harbaugh's pretty um I, don't, I wouldn't say cemented in being Michigan's coach for the next few years, but I mean he I think he'll stay in Michigan. But um I think it's definitely possible and I think it's appropriate if they hired a guy like Eric Eric Bianami, who I think should have had a head coaching job this year. Um he's a great offensive mind and um I think it would just be a great hire. Um, definitely an upgrade from um, the Mike Zimmer era. Yeah, Mike Zimmer's offensive play calling was absolutely abysmal. Um, and I definitely want to see Eric Bannemi get a, get a role like that. He's he's worked his tail off. Like there was a mm-hmm. story last year that I think he has a I think he has a son with like an autoimmune disorder or something like that. So he spent the entire NFL season in a hotel to prevent his um prevent his son from getting sick which is just amazing to see he should have been hired as a head coach long ago so i hope he finally gets his opportunity um and like you said about jim harbaugh i always tend to have my doubts about college coaches rising to the nfl ranks i mean if you look at like he was an nfl coach though. that's what i was gonna say he was an nfl coach he did very well made a super bowl that's why i don't have any reservations about him like i would with um or i yeah. with uh chip kelly and urban meyer i had the heads and uh reservations there and uh rightfully so but i don't i don't yeah. with Harbaugh, and i would like to see that happen too i mean yeah i don't i don't think it's gonna happen but I, it's also worthy to mention that um michigan this week um they lost their their 
defensive coordinator that they had just for one year, uh, Mike McDonald, I think is his name. Yeah. Um, they lost him. He went back to Baltimore, which he originally worked um, with. He might have been a position coach there. I'm not. I don't remember. But um, so Michigan definitely has some some things going on there. Um, so I mean, it's it's definitely possible they could have some more movement um, with their personnel. But I, I think I think Harbaugh will stay in Ann Arbor for sure. Gotcha. All right, uh, moving on to the Chicago Bears. They recently hired Matt Eberflus. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Um, the Colts defensive coordinator as their new head coach. Um, to my understanding, based on what I've read online, Matt Eberflus is one of the most well-respected um, position uh, position coach or not position coach um, assistants in the league. Um, and he seems like he has like a lot of experience. Seems like a good leader. But I absolutely hate this fit. I, I absolutely hate this fit. Um, I would probably give it a C plus, which I think yeah. is a little optimistic because I do think he probably is a good leader. And if he's well respected, that that you know that that has some good signs. Um, but Chicago's just I I don't agree with the fit at all. I now my original prediction was Brian Flores, and he's definitely more of a defensive minded coach as well, but. He was, even though there was like, you know, like a little competition between him to a tag of Aloha, I do think that part of the reason that Flor or that uh, Tua was successful was Flor- Flores definitely helped him along a little bit. So I think that Flores would have been capable of helping Justin Fields out. And I do think that he would have had that like Chicago mentality of like tough defense. And I think Matt Everfluss can do that, but. We have not he, – he doesn't have any track record of being able to help a quarterback out, and that's what the Bears need. Justin Fields is a very talented quarterback who got placed on a bad team with a very bad coach last year in Matt Nagy, and that's one of the main reasons he struggled. Now, I'm not going to say that's the only reason he struggled. It's hard to adjust the NFL as a rookie, but I do think Justin Fields is very capable of that, and I don't understand how this hire is going to help them do that. But I can't – you know, I can't judge it too much because – who can who can really say what'll happen? Um, yeah, um, was, yeah. as for the GM, yeah, sorry, as for the GM, I mentioned this. I mentioned this uh, in the, in the, my Vikings prediction. I originally predicted Presley Adolfo Mensa here and Ryan Poles to the Vikings, but it was flipped. And I'm actually impressed with myself that I was able to pick those two out of like I don't even know how many GM candidates there were. There were a ton. There were like 15. Um, but. I do really like that hire. I would give that hire an A minus because he's been with the Chiefs for years and he's been a very like non talked about member of that front office. Um, uh, uh, what's this? Brett Veach? Is it Brett Veach? Chiefs GM? He sung Rumble's praises. So I do think that uh, that will be a very good hire for the Bears going forward. And if he trusts Matt Everfluss enough, then maybe I should maybe I should give Everfluss a little more credit. Either way, I do think the Bears. Call it two years from now can be back to being a star, a, a, a contending team, a solid team. Yeah. Um, originally, I was kind of like you, like you said, just kind of, um, kind of like I, I don't know the word for it, but it was kind of questioning the whole uh, Eberflus hire because he's a defensive guy, and it seems like you know with with Fields, um, they're going to want to you know take the form of like a high octane offense, get some weapons around him. Um, but now I like, I think yesterday or the day, day ago, they hired Luke Getze, who's the, uh, former QB coach for the Packers. Um, so I think, you know, all of a sudden I think that hire is good. Um, I think, I think the two of them should work well together. Um, 
and hiring yeah hiring Getzey definitely a guy who knows QBs worked with Rodgers probably Jordan Love um I think it's going to be really good for Fields so you know I'm I'm I think the whole situation Chicago I give it about probably a B plus right now we'll see how it turns out but um before I and mean, when they hired Eberflus you know it was probably a C plus but bringing in Getzey an offensive mind a young offensive mind uh, he's 37 um that's going to be just great for fields i think and the bears moving forward definitely definitely expect them to uh you know if this all pans out um be a, a playoff contender in no time it's a very good point yeah totally totally did not mention that and i i agree that getsy i mean he was he was uh requested by the broncos for their head coaching role like so that yeah. if that, doesn't, if that doesn't tell you something about yeah. uh, the potential he has then i don't know what will that, that that's a very good point and i do think that he will be a he'll be a major factor there another guy that like um, I don't think he's getting like any any love for uh, an offensive coordinator position when he should be. Is Pep Hamilton, the Texans quarterback coach? He was the quarterback coach of Los Angeles Chargers in 2020 with Justin Hurt, offensive rookie of the year, top ten quarterback now. And this past year, he was the te- he was the Texans quarterback coach, and he coached up the best rookie quarterback this year in Davis Money Making Mills. Like, yeah, I, I want to see that man get an offensive coordinator job. I think he and Getzey are very similar. So I uh, just figured I'd mention that little fun fact. Um, moving on to the Dolphins, um, they fired Brian Flores, as we know, and they kept their uh, GM, Chris, Chris Greer, because uh, there was like some debate whether uh, as to whether Brian Flores really wanted Tua as his quarterback or not. Um, my original guess for them was Eberflus, just because I thought that, um, that is a defensive-minded team, and we saw a defensive-minded coach like work well with Tua and Brian Flores, and I thought... Everfluss, you know, that I think that would be a solid hire, but obviously he went to the Bears. My new guest for them is Mike McDaniel, the 49ers offensive coordinator, who came out of nowhere out, out of like at recently um, in his, especially with his uh, design and usage of Debo Samuel, turning him into the, one of the most versatile players in the entire league. Um, it was reported a few days ago that the Dolphins were narrowing in on three targets, and that was McDaniel, Kellen Moore, Cowboys offensive coordinator, and Brian Dabble, uh, Bills offensive coordinator. As we know, Brian Dabble got hired by the Giants, which we'll get to in a second. And quite frankly, I don't believe Kellen Moore deserves a head coaching job. He is not doing enough with the talent he has in Dallas. So I think Mike McDaniel will be a good hire. He's a young He's a really good personality. I don't know if you've ever watched any of his uh, post-game interviews, but he, he has a lot of energy, and I think that that's kind of like a – that's kind of an identity the city of Miami needs, and and I would really like that fit. Yeah, I was I was kind of kind of confused why the Dolphins fired um, Brian Flores, but uh, that's something we can talk about another time. But um, yeah, I think the the candidates you mentioned more, um, who I think just didn't prove himself enough this year um, with what he had in Dallas, and then Dabal obviously just got picked up. Um, I think I think this leaves um, Mike McDaniel definitely a an opportunity um to take the job in in miami um yeah so yeah i think i think it's gonna be mcdaniel for sure gotcha um moving on to the raiders um the raiders just recently fired their gm mike mayock former nfl network uh analyst very good analyst questionable gm to say the least he loves clemson and alabama players he doesn't and I mean, I understand some of the some of the reason, like some of his track record stuff is not very good. I mean, if you look at his 
early round picks throughout his time as the Raiders GM, they were absolutely atrocious, but his late round picks were pretty good. Like overall, they were pretty solid and the Raiders did go 25 and 24 over his campaign. So it wasn't, it wasn't too early. Who knows? And I'd like to see Mayak go back to NFL network because he's a good analyst, but either way he was fired. Um, and the Raiders have not done quite enough work on their uh, GM and head coach search quite yet. Um, Rich Basakia, their uh, interim coach, is definitely an interim. Or is definitely um, he has potential to stay there, but it always seems to be an uphill uphill climb for interim head coaches to uh, retain their job after the season they take over. So I'm going to say that it's going to be Josh McDaniels, the Patriots offensive coordinator, who gets this job. Um, there's a little bit of steam in uh, NFL circles, apparently, of him getting this, becoming a head coach again after his um, very short stint as the Denver head coach in 2009-2010. But he's proven himself as one of uh, Bill Belichick's top uh, lieutenants, I guess you could say. And I do think that he could work well with um, Derek Carr if he stays. And that's definitely another like topic to see if, if he's going to stay in uh, Las Vegas because of the head coach. That remains to be seen. Um, and then GM, I'm really not too sure. I've, they've only interviewed a couple guys. I'm just going to right now say Dave Ziegler, Patriots director, player person, yeah. really only because there's a little bit of steam behind it. And Josh McDaniels and him would be like a good pairing because they already have like a little bit of chemistry there. Um, the Raiders are probably the biggest unknown on this list, but that's who I will say for now. Yeah. You, you stole my thunder. I, th- I think it's going to be, um, if I had to guess McDaniels, um, I think he would work well with 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 Derek Carr um, if he stays, obviously, uh, in Vegas. Um, he's he's been under the tutelage of Bill Belichick for years now. We've been wondering, you know, when is he gonna, you know, finally get back to head coaching? Um, and I th- I think it's gonna be in Vegas. Um, I, I think he he had, had a productive interview with Mark Davis, the owner, uh, the other day. So I think things are definitely trending upward for him. Um, and then Ziegler, I, th- I think Ziegler will get the GM job. Um, if it's if it's McDaniel's, I think it'll be Ziegler because they kind of come um, in a in a in a package. Um, and I, I'm re- I'm reading up, and it said that McDaniel's and Ziegler um, they were teammates um, when they played at John Carroll University in the mid 1990s. So very interesting. That's definitely something to add there. They definitely have a lot of chemistry. Um, so yeah, I think I think McDaniel's. Um, could be back um, head coaching. Um, he hasn't hasn't coached a team since '09. It looks like in the Broncos, but um, yeah, I think I think this is finally time he uh, finally branches off from uh, Foxborough and uh, runs his own team. Gotcha. All right. Um, I will. Uh, okay, so this next one that I'll start with, and then because that's about half, um, when we move on, uh, you will take the first crack at the next couple. But uh, this first one I'll take first crack at. Jacksonville Jaguars obviously had the very, very failed experiment with Urban Meyer. Um, they are in need of a guy who can help Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is being overhated right now. There is no doubt about the fact that he was very poor this year. Um but he started to pick it up as time went along, and that's you know the growing pains that rookies have to go through. It's the same thing with Justin Fields. One bad year does not mean they suck. Um, and I do think that he will definitely pick it up. And I don't think any man is better for that job than Byron Leftwich, the Bucks offensive coordinator. Um, he is the he is a former Jag, Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback, so you you know he has already has a little familiarity there. Duval, exactly. And he is the guy 
who can really help out Trevor Lawrence. He's, I mean, obviously he's had a ton of talent in Tampa, but this is not his first time being a very uh, experienced and um, successful court offensive coordinator. Um, I think he, he was uh, Bruce Wayne's offensive coordinator back in Arizona a number of years ago when they commanded one of the best offenses in the league with Carson Palmer. Uh, and they made the uh, NFC Championship game. So I believe that he would be a very good hire who could help that offense and also, like, set a good identity. Um, I, I think that the, the Jags are starting to get to the point where they're going to have too much talent to be any, like, two number one picks in a row is obviously insanely awful. Um, they had more talent on their team, in my opinion, this year than the first overall pick. But... Now they will 100% do. And I think that uh, Leftwich will be a good leader for them. So uh, I think the Jaguars. Sorry, that might, I don't know if you can hear my dog, but. It's all good. Um, yeah, I think, I think Leftwich is definitely a, a top candidate here. Obviously he's played for the Jaguars. Um, he's done a great job with what they've had in Tampa. Um, but a guy that I think a lot of people aren't talking about, and I think this, this might not just be for the Jaguars. It could be for any other team. Um, remaining who needs a head coach, but I think a guy that's kind of kind of surfaced these past like this past week or so is Kevin O'Connell, mm. um, the Rams offensive coordinator. Um, I think the Jaguars are like expressing expressing some interest in him. I don't, I'm not sure if they've had like an interview, but um, Ian Rappaport put out an article uh, today that saying that um, Kevin O'Connell he's he's definitely emerged as a candidate for the Jags. Um, but it's going to be about patience for the Jags because if, if uh, the like I don't think they can interview O'Connell until after the season's over or something. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting to see. But I think Kevin O'Connell is definitely um, surfaced as a as a candidate um, for the Jags job, and I I think he would work work great with um, with Trevor Lawrence for sure. I like that. Former, former Washington guy, he was pretty, mm-hmm. pretty, he was pretty solid with us. And I definitely would have uh, liked to say, but I, I don't think that I, I don't know what to think of him because being the Rams' offensive coordinator doesn't exactly mean much when Sean McVay is calling the plays. But if he's getting head yeah, coach issues, that's definitely a good sign. I definitely do think he has feedback, and his experience with us was pretty good. So I, I, I like that, and it's all about the NFL is all about trying to find the next McVay and. Mm-hmm. Who might be better than a than a guy who uh, coached under McVay for a couple of years, and he's and he's yeah. young, so that that could very well be the case. All right, so it's just going to be me for this last little segment. Um, Harrison had to take off. Um, definitely, definitely a good session. We talked about a lot, and uh, it's definitely going to be a bit of a longer runtime than uh than normal, but I think it'll definitely be worth it. Um, moving on to the final four uh, head coach slash GM openings. Uh, you got the Broncos. Uh, my original guess was correct. I predicted Nathaniel Hackett, the Packers offensive coordinator, to go there. Um, I think part of it was like, you know, steam behind like the Broncos are a quarterback away from like really contending, which I don't know if it's just a quarterback, but they definitely need um, some more uh, consistency there. And Rodgers was a guy that was really talked about there. So maybe they're trying to get Hackett so they can try and bring Rodgers in. Who knows? But either way, I do think Hackett is I think he's a solid hire. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's good. I'd probably give it a B minus. Um, he's a relatively young guy. He's a good offensive mind, but we haven't really seen him like as 
anything yet. He's only been an offensive coordinator for a couple years, and he's been blessed with the most talented quarterback of all time and a really good overall offense. So I'm, I can't talk too much about it because I don't know for sure what will happen, but I believe that if they get that quarterback, the Broncos can be a good team because I do think Hackett is a good offensive mind and he has a good offense outside of uh, quarterback right now. I mean, you got a good running back duo in Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. You got some really good wide receivers in Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and KJ Hamler. Um, solid tight end Noah Fant and a solid offensive line overall. So who who knows for sure, but I, I believe that it could end up end up working out. Moving on to the New York Giants, who had to hire both a GM and head coach after they, uh, or I, I guess I guess Dave Gettleman retired. But if if I really had to say, I think that was a forced retirement. There, they just didn't want to make a big spectacle of it. Um, and then the firing of head coach clown show Joe, Joe Judge. Um, they replaced them with uh, two Bills assistants, and I will pat myself a little bit on the back here. I got both these hires right. Um, in my original predictions, um, Joe Shane, Bill's assistant general manager to uh, Brandon B in the past couple of years. Um, I like the hiring. I think uh, he was looked at by a number of teams last year, including my Washington football team. And I definitely liked him throughout the process. Um, he seems like a good mind and he's a young guy. Um, there's not too much to say about it. We don't know how much of an impact he had on rebuilding that Bills team into the contender they are today, but he was certainly part of the process. And I do think that really anything will be better than what the Giants have had as of late. So I'm, I'm going to give it a B plus only because I don't know how much of a part of the process uh, he was in Buffalo, but he seems like he's a smart guy. He's a young guy and he's going to have to deliver um, in a big market like uh, New York. And then as for Brian Dabble, the Bills offensive coordinator, I'm also going to give that a B plus only because um, we also don't know exactly like how much of a leader he is, I want to say. But at the same time, he did oversee Josh Allen's development, and that gives me a lot of confidence uh, for the Giants going forward. Um, I don't think Daniel Jones is even close to as talented as Josh Allen is, but I do think that you could see Daniel Jones, you know, I don't know, maybe leaping into the top like half of quarterbacks this year if Brian Dabble can do what he did with Josh Allen. I'm not going to guarantee that'll happen because Daniel Jones has certainly had his individual errors over the past uh, few few seasons to start his career, but he's been really hurt by one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL over that stretch. Consistent injuries, just a bad team around him so, and bad coaching, of course. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to judge him too much. I'll I'll wait to see what happens. I do think Brian Dabble is a solid hire, and I do think that the G-Men, they will be bad this year, but going into next year, I think, that the, or going into uh, the year after this coming year uh, might be might be the year that we see the Giants go back from, uh, come back from this poverty they've been in since uh, the boat picture. Uh, final two teams, we've got the Texans, who in my opinion, decided to preempt, uh, preemptively fire their head coach, David Culley, after just one season. Um, I never really loved the David Culley hire last year. I thought it was a bit random, but he did a solid job with the lack of talent he had on that roster. I never really thought that the Texans were as terrible as some other people were saying. Some people were saying, oh, they're going to oh, go 0-17 and they're going to win one game. I had them, I think, in my 
preseason predictions at uh, three or four wins, and that's not that's I'm not saying that's anything to be proud of, but they did play some good football in a couple of these weeks, and I do think that they have some potential going forward. And everything they've been through with the Deshaun Watson thing, it's it's impressive to see uh, what they've done. I think new GM uh, Nick Casario is doing a good job, um, and they definitely have to trade Watson soon because he's reaching his limit of um, of max. Uh, trade picks and uh potential potential get back um so here i'm not entirely sure what the best move for them would be but some one candidate who i think has a little steam behind his name and some solid reasoning is gerard mayo former linebacker and current patriots linebacker coach um i just mentioned nick casario who came from the patriots last offseason so he knows of mayo and they have a little bit of chemistry together and obviously they definitely don't just look at offensive and defensive coordinators um they hired David Culley last year, who was a I forget his exact exact uh, role with the with the Ravens, but he was a position coach, I believe. Um, and I think that Gerard Mayo, people have sung his praises about him being a leader, and that's definitely what the Texans need. Um, who knows whether as uh, like as to whether that could uh, bring back Watson or not? But that's not really exactly of much importance. The last time they hired a uh, Bill Belichick protege was Bill O'Brien. And although Bill O'Brien ended it terribly, I do think over the majority of his time as the Texans coach, he was pretty good. He had a winning record and he really only started to fall off when he was named a GM. He never he never should have taken over GM responsibilities. Um so I, I would like that. I feel like he I feel like he kind of fits that that Texans mentality. And then finally, this is the main reason I'm glad that we haven't talked about the coaching carousel so far. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, um, longtime coach, one of the best coaches of all time, Sean Payton, is desiring to is deciding to step down uh, for the time being. Um, we don't know if it's forever. He said in his uh, press conference that he still sees football being part of his future, whether that's you know part of media or coming back to coaching in a year or two. Either way, he is no longer the Saints' uh, head coach, and they will be looking for a new guy. Um, and I believe that the best choice for that new guy is Brian Flores. I'm surprised he has not been hired yet, but I think he's a good fit for New Orleans. Um, they definitely need a guy who can oversee a rebuild because that's sort of what they need right now. I think they're like, what are they, 40, 48, 50 million over the cap right now. They need to blow it up, and Brian Flores has already uh, overseen a rebuild. I'm not sure if he wants to oversee a new one, but – at this point, with NFL head coaching jobs getting thinner, I'm not entirely sure if uh, he wants to take an assistant assistant coaching role over an uh, over a head coaching role, and he knows of his ability to do that. I think that this would be a really good hire for the Saints. He's a great uh, locker room and identity guy, which is the city of New Orleans is extremely passionate about the Saints, and that's kind of the mentality that they need. Um, and maybe Jameis Winston would be a good fit for good fit with him. There was obviously a little, little bit of tension with. Uh, uh, Tua and Flores, but Tua had a very good um, tenure under Flores like towards the end, especially in November and December of this last year. He was one of the best quarterbacks in the league during that time. Uh, so maybe Jameis and him can have some good chemistry, or maybe this is where Deshaun Watson this is where Deshaun Watson gets traded to because the Saints are definitely lacking in the quarterback department and his contract is more tradable for than people realize i believe and especially if they can you know uh trade some of their veteran guys for some draft picks and uh restructure some deals even if that might hurt them going forward in the future um they 
do have talent. They tend to be pretty good drafters despite their lack of draft picks. I do think that we can see the New Orleans Saints being uh, solid again uh, in the near future. I think Brian Flores would be a good hire. So that's going to be it for today. Uh, definitely a longer episode. We had a lot to talk about. Uh, Noah called today. He texted us mid-session that he wasn't going to be able to join today. But uh, hope you enjoyed this one of uh, me and Harrison for a while and then me for these last 10 minutes. Um, so this is not going to – this going to be the last episode until after the season ends of the Super Bowl where I think we will uh, talk about the finalized head coaching carousel and give some grades for that stuff and then start talking about the offseason, getting ready for both free agency and the draft. It's definitely going to be an exciting process, and I'm looking forward to it. So until next time, I'll see you guys.